We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We go episode 637 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Friday, August 18th, 2023. And uh, <laughs> looky, looky, what we have here yet another collision of the commanders and the world of politics. How fun! We have had this happen quite a bit over the last few years, and now it be happening again. Uh, The team on Thursday morning announced a uh, reuniting with Bud Light. Bud Light, for reasons that you can Google, uh, has become a political lightning rod. And so we on Thursday, especially on Twitter, a.k.a. X, had uh, quite the conversation going on. The comments to the commander's tweet slash post about reuniting with Bud Light. Just those comments are worth reading (laughs) if you want to be entertained. But, you know, lost in all of the very rational, very reasonable, very respectful, very open-minded, very fact-based conversation about this is that this marked a second consecutive day on which we learned of the commander's landing slash relanding a major sponsor. Wednesday, Verizon, Thursday, Bud Light. Uh, The impact of the new ownership in the Josh Harris group is being felt. Of that, there is no doubt. Now, it is worth mentioning that a member of the Josh Harris group is this guy, Alejandro Santo Domingo. Uh, He is on the board of Anheuser-Busch InBev. Uh, Anheuser-Busch InBev is what Anheuser-Busch became after it was bought out by the uh, Belgian brewing company InBev in 2008. Uh, Anheuser-Busch InBev makes Bud Light. So there was a connection there, uh, but the commanders are back to having Bud Light as a sponsor. Hello and welcome to this Friday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Hey, speaking of the Josh Harris Group, do I have a great guest for you? Next segment, I'm going to welcome back to the show Howard Gutman, the former United States ambassador to Belgium, a big Commanders fan, a loyal listener of this podcast, and a longtime friend of and strategic advisor for the top limited partner in the Josh Harris Group, Mitchell Rails. Howard is like the perfect person to talk to about the Josh Harris Group. Now, 
the ambassador can't just come on the show and blab out everything that he has ever been told, okay? But what he can do and what he will do is give us great analysis of what is going on with the Josh Harris group right now. We will discuss the elation from the fan base over the sale of the team. Uh, We will discuss the stadium situation, including when a deal for a new stadium will be struck. Uh, We will discuss the name situation. I will ask Howard about the likelihood of the team going back to being the Redskins. We will discuss the Mary Jo White report. We're not going to spend a ton of time on that, but Howard went to Harvard Law School, and so I do want to take advantage of his expertise and uh, ask him about the Mary Jo White report in what is our first conversation with him since the Mary Jo White report came out uh, since it was buried, okay? Remember the circumstances under which the Mary Jo White report came out. The NFL on July 20th, moments after announcing that NFL owners had voted unanimously to approve the sale of the commanders from Dan and Tanya Snyder to the Josh Harris group, uh, released the Mary Jo White report and a summary statement, okay? Can you say news dump, all right? That was a classic news dump right there. But Howard Gutman, uh, the ambassador, very smart guy, as the greatest head coach in Skins history, Joe Gibbs would say, Howard is super smart. He's super smart. That's right, Joe. (laughs) Super smart. Uh, But Howard Gutman, next segment. And then after we converse with the ambassador, uh, we will talk about the Nationals who have matched their win total for all of the 2022 regular season and still have 40 games left in this 2023 regular season. Uh, The Nats beat the Boston Red Sox 10-7 at Nationals Park on Thursday to win two or three games in the series. The Nats now are 17-9 over their last 26 games, now are 5-1 on the ongoing homestand. Uh, I have a proper Nats segment for you later in the show. Uh, Some bad commander's news uh, that broke on Thursday evening. No practice for the commanders on Thursday, but we on Thursday evening learned that corner Danny Johnson reportedly has suffered a strained rotator cuff. How did he suffer the strained rotator cuff? Uh, By getting slammed by Baltimore Ravens tight end Mark Andrews, one of the many skirmishes during Tuesday morning's joint training camp practice for the Commanders and Ravens at the Ravens team facility at Owings Mills, Maryland, was Mark Andrews throwing Danny Johnson to the ground. Uh, A pass was thrown to Andrews. The pass was incomplete. Johnson picked up the ball, and then Andrews grabbed Johnson around his shoulders and threw him to the ground in corkscrew fashion. Uh, Well, it turns out that Johnson suffered a strained rotator cuff. Uh, He is considered day-to-day. So I suppose some good news in that regard, as in it does not appear as if he will be out for, you know, weeks, let's say. Let's hope. Uh, You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Tweet from Brent Parrish on a perhaps forgotten player at Commander's Training Camp. Writes Brent, what's going on with Curtis Samuel? Love seeing the Terry and Dotson highlights, but haven't seen anything from Curtis. Uh, thank you for the tweet, Brent. Good question. I don't think that Curtis Samuel is necessarily having a bad camp. I just think that Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dodson are standing out more. I think that right now, when you talk about the commander's top three receivers, you're talking about Terry McLaurin as the number one, Jahan as the number two, and Curtis as the number three. And Jahan's stock is rising, man. Uh, There really is a growing sentiment that he could end up being better than Terry. We'll see. I mean, to me, Jahan has a ways to go before we can say that, but 
him being better than Terry is not out of the realm of possibility. You certainly can make the case that Jahan is the best route runner on the team. But I do think that Curtis Samuel could have a really good 2023 season. First of all, he's coming off a nice bounce back 2022 season. Uh, Washington signed Curtis in March 2021 as an unrestricted free agent. We all remember what happened in his first season with the team. Uh, He, in the 2021 regular season, played in just five of the team's 17 games uh, due to a groin injury that was uh, like the worst groin injury in the history of groin injuries, and then also a hamstring injury. And we did come to know that the groin injury was a lot more than just a normal groin injury. Uh, We, in late November 2021, learned that Curtis had undergone core muscle surgery in June 2021. But Curtis, in the 2022 regular season, played in all 17 of the Commanders games. Uh, He was number four on the team in yards from scrimmage at 843. He was tied for number two on the team in receiving slash rushing touchdowns with five. Additionally, this coming season is a contract season for Curtis Samuel. He is one of a number of key Commanders players set to be unrestricted free agents in the 2024 offseason. Curtis Samuel Uh, Edge defenders Montez Sweat and Chase Young, safety Cameron Curl, corner Kendall Fuller, running back Antonio Gibson, quarterback Jacoby Brissett, and a number of other guys all are set to be unrestricted free agents in the 2024 offseason. When's the last time that this many key Washington players were entering contract seasons? Uh, Email from Thelonious Funk on a variety of of Commander's Topics. Uh, Thelonious has put his own spin (laughs) on my nickname for head coach Ron Rivera. I at times, of course, call Ron Don Ron, as in he is the Don of football operations for the team, like the Don is the head of a mafia. Don Ron. Uh, Well, Thelonious has taken to calling Ron Khan Ron, (laughs) writes Thelonious. It has been a while since I last emailed you. Have I missed anything like a team sale or name change talk? LOL. Uh, Although things have changed, so much stays the same. Con Ron is still talking about learning and growing, like he's running the Commander Center for men who want to learn and grow and who want to learn to do other football stuff well, too. His coach-centric approach has failed to effectively address the tight end position and the offensive line, two very important positions for protecting a young quarterback. Ron rolled the dice on tight ends, converted from quarterback, and Samus Reyes, remember him. You have a smallish quarterback throwing to smallish receivers. I believe part of the reason that the offense struggled to score last season was not having a legitimate red zone threat. Even with two effective goal line running backs, you still need a big receiver as a threat in the red zone. And do not try to con Ron me into believing that Deami Brown will be that big receiver. On a positive note, I found the interview with the Naga representatives to be truly enlightening, but also depressing. It's a shame how a few non-Native Americans hijacked a thing of pride and convinced many that it was now a slur. Even if the name Redskins does not come back, I hope that the Naga petition will at least open up the conversation that must be had about Native American history and culture. More importantly, I hope that conversation is led by Native Americans. Keep up the outstanding work, my friend. Well, thank you for the email Thelonious. Yeah. You know, we were just talking about Jahan Dodson. Jahan is a legitimate red zone threat. I know that he's not the biggest receiver, but he very much to me is a viable red zone threat. In addition to some other guys too, Logan Thomas, if he's healthy, and that has become a big if, but if he is healthy, 
Uh, he, as a tight end, uh, very much can be a red zone threat. I think that Cole Turner, if he can be the tight end who we want him to be, can be uh, a very productive red zone player. Thelonious mentioned former Washington tight end Samus Reyes. Did you see that uh, he is retiring? Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars this past Sunday placed him on the reserve retired list. And he, in an Instagram post a few days ago, said that he's retiring due to a concussion. Samus Reyes, remember how big of a deal Samus Reyes was in the 2021 offseason. Washington, on April 13th, 2021, announced the signing of Samus Reyes, who technically was an unrestricted free agent. He had some story. He played college basketball at Tulane for two seasons, 2016-2017 and 2017-2018. He graduated from Tulane in 2018, played for the Chilean national basketball team in 2019, and then in May 2020 decided to try what he had been told to try for a while, football. He did so well at the University of Florida's Pro Day on March 31st, 2021, that Washington actually signed him as an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Reyes spent the entire 2021 regular season on Washington's 53-man roster. The team thought enough of him not to expose him to waivers in an attempt to put him on the practice squad. But the commanders on August 16th, 2022, put Reyes on the reserve injured list. And the commanders on August 23rd, 2022, agreed on an injury settlement with Reyes and parted with him. Uh, Samus Reyes, the first Chilean-born player to play in the NFL. The slaying Chilean, as my friend Burgundy Blog called Reyes. Long live the slaying Chilean. Uh, and long live the law firm of Paulson and Nace. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace, which has been slaying for years, slaying for victims, standing up for victims and their families. You see, Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that is always ready to fight for you. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Call 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace provides a passionate advocacy on behalf of injury victims designed to help them and their families move forward after the most difficult of times. And Paulson and Nace is excellent at what it does. Paulson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars for the sick and injured. Uh, how about this? Two verdicts versus Merrill Dow totaling $132 million. Yeah, Paulson and Nace has taken on Big Pharma and won. Uh, Clifton versus Georgetown University Hospital, a $50 million verdict for a young mother injured during childbirth. Uh, Bradley versus the United States of America, Paulson and Nace won a case for which the United States government had to pay nearly $1.8 million. Uh, this to a former American University field hockey player because of a military doctor's failure to diagnose and treat the student for a 2011 concussion that left her with permanent symptoms. Paulson and Nace took on the U.S. government <laughs> and won. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wrong but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. 
That's PaulsonAndAce.com. And don't forget to tell Paulson and Ace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Ace, when tragedy happens, let the family of Paulson and Ace take care of your family. Well, there is something appropriate about the so-called dress rehearsal for the Commanders' 2023 regular season, their second game of the 2023 preseason, taking place this Monday night. Commanders versus the Baltimore Ravens at FedEx Field this Monday night at 8.20. Monday is August 21st, the one-month anniversary of the finalizing of the sale of the Commanders from Dan and Tanya Snyder to the Josh Harris Group. I am very pleased to welcome back to the Al Galdi podcast right now, a man who is very familiar with and has a great understanding of the Josh Harris Group, Howard Gutman. Uh, Howard is a longtime friend of and strategic advisor for the top limited partner in the Josh Harris Group, Mitchell Rails. Uh, Howard is the former United States ambassador to Belgium. Uh, He was U.S. ambassador to Belgium from August 2009 to July 2013. He is a 1977 graduate of Columbia University and a 1980 graduate of Harvard Law School. Uh, He has appeared in several movies and television shows. He's the host of the political commentary radio show, As I See It, on News Radio WRVA in Richmond, Virginia, and on the Odyssey app. Uh, He is a big fan and astute observer of the Commanders, and he is a loyal listener of this podcast. You can follow him on Twitter, at the Howard Gutman. Ambassador Gutman, it is great to talk to you. How are you? Al, I'm doing great. I always love coming on the pod. I appreciate that. And before we truly get going, I know that you have something very special that you wanted to announce in uh, your appearance on this podcast. So have at it. So I really appreciate it. It shows that uh, somehow uh, luck wins out over all. So <laughs> the commanders, the commanders this year uh, are covered by uh, one radio station um, in the Washington D.C. area, but in Central Virginia, in Richmond, they are covered by the Odyssey Network. Um, they are on nine ten the Fan, WRNL, um, and so uh, nine ten the Fan needs pre-game and post-game programming, since they're not the same network that will be covering it in the D.C. area, but rather in the biggest affiliate in Richmond and Central Virginia. And so the two-hour post-game show after every Commander's game this year will be hosted by uh, my son, Colin Gutman, and myself. Uh, It is called the Post-Game Gut Check. The good news for the fans is that Colin actually knows what he's talking about with football. Colin was the host of a sports talk show uh, basically covering the Commanders, Wizards, Caps out of Richmond for several years called the Gut Check. Um, But we've also been doing the classic father and son discussion of the Commanders team uh, before they were, <laughs> before they were the commanders for the last 30 years. So we bring that, um, rapport, hopefully. Uh, so they'll have the analysis. Hopefully there'll be a not forced rapport, but a normal rapport. He, he thinks I'm fairly moronic in my views and I think he's probably always right, but we agree on the obvious things like an offensive line and a middle linebacker could be important to a team. Um, and then, uh, in addition, we would hope uh, to call in some of the chits to get guests like Al Galdi or Kevin Sheehan or the like to appear. Um, I'm hoping, we're hoping to have a guest segment each week of someone of interest who watched the game to give a view. 
I've reached out to Mark Warner and Tim Kaine and the like from my political talk show. And I'm even willing, Al, if some of the listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, um, if, for example, if Dr. Sabah wanted to call in each week to give us a How Did Heineke Do report, <laughs> we will have a segment, How Did Heineke Do, and let Sabah call in every week to tell us how, how did Heineke do. That is outstanding, but I want you to know that you and doing this Commander's postgame show are joining the dark side. You are joining the world of sports talk, okay? There's no turning back. I hope that you are prepared uh, for what this means for the rest of your career. Al, I did this in 19... Now, I've done political talk show for a long time. I've been a commentator on CNN and MSNBC and the like, but the last sports I did was in 1977... I was at WKCR Columbia University, but I was part of the team that broadcast when the undefeated Indiana uh, Hoosiers with Ken Benson, and that was a team that went undefeated, played the Columbia Lions in Madison Square Garden in the holiday tournament, and our guard could not bring the ball up against Quinn Buckner, and so we ended up opening the Tom Penders was the coach of Columbia, all now fairly famous people. And we end up having our center, Elmer Love, bring up the ball against seven-foot Kent Benson to try to get the ball past midcourt <laughs> in one of the greatest slaughters in college basketball history. So that's my track record, Al, in, in the sports world. Hey, Tom Penders, uh, former head coach for George Washington, as I'm sure you know. Uh, I did the official Redskins postgame show on the Washington Redskins radio network from 2009 through 2015. That period of time <laughs> included some brutal seasons uh, for the Skins. I hope that you and Colin uh, have a lot of wins to talk about this coming season. So, Al, what I hope the listeners do is they listen on their radio, but as you know, on the Odyssey app, that can be gotten anywhere. So you just, after the game, flip on the Odyssey app. Uh, to 910 The Fan in Richmond, and they can get the post game on any post game they want, and they can listen in their car on their on their phones uh, or at their home to the post game, and hopefully it'll be a little livelier, but pretty insightful. Excellent. Well, very happy for you and Colin. So you were at the Commander's Training Camp practice, now two Wednesdays ago, August 9th. Uh, you saw up close and personal the happiness and the positive vibes that have been generated by the sale of the team. The crowds at these open practices at the team facility in Ashburn, Virginia have been great. The way that fans have reacted to the likes of Josh Harris and Mitchell Rails uh, has been great. Are you at all surprised by the degree to which there has been this joy for the fan base over the sale? I would say yes, only because I had massive expectations and they got exceeded. Al, I cannot, I cannot convey the electricity on so many fronts, on fans, on players, on coaches, on ownership, on the political world. So um, you get there and it, it is merriment. It's merriment in the parking lot. It's merriment in the buses that are taking people from the parking lot. And as they come up, it is the greatest day a father could have with a son or a daughter or a mother could have with a son or a daughter um, taking their kids there. They, As you get there, instead of when I went in prior years, it was like a depressed band of 200 people <laughs> moping towards a dirt little road and standing there and wondering, could Terry McLaurin carry an entire team on his back? There is joy 
And, but there are giveaways. There are water bottles. Now, here's the big dilemma for someone like me. I'm a fairly um, well-off former lawyer who's there as press. But I want one of the giveaways. So do you stop to get your water bottle? Or do you say, no, that I can't be seen doing that. Um, so I'm kind of looking what Nikki Jabala is doing. Is she taking a water bottle? You know what I mean? So, like, they're giving everything away. The sidelines is merriment. So, and then the owners are often there. And uh, I was standing on the sideline with uh, with Mitchell Rails when um, one of the fans noticed him and screamed out, Mr. Rails, thanks for saving us. And completely spontaneous, Mitch turns around and goes, thanks for coming back. And he walks over to the fan. Now, up to there, the spontaneity of thanks for coming back could not be planned. But to walk over to the fan, yeah, that's kind of the TV moment. He knows the press is covering but long after the press gets it shot, long after I want to go watch practice, Mitch is still talking to the guy who was a vet. And then his friends came over and what they're looking for from the team and why they're back and, and the long road back. And Mitch himself was a disaffected fan turned off by the last administration. So he could relate so much. And then a crowd starts coming up looking for autographs and they're lining up and Mitch starts signing. But what does he sign? He signs Mitch. Now, I know Dan Snyder's first name was Dan, but most of us thought it was Mr. <laughs> um, right? You just never got by. Mitch is saying, look, is it okay if I just sign it, Mitch? He's asking the kids if it's okay if he signs the water bottle, just Mitch. And they're like, you're the first famous person I ever met. <laughs> sign it, you know, put an M. Like, um, but there's joy together to be there. Then it was the, one of the days was the day that Governor Westmore of Maryland and Lieutenant Governor Runa Miller were there. Um, and they had been there. They had to pick their day because Glenn Youngkin, the governor of Virginia, had been there previously going to Redskin to Commanders, I'm sorry, to Commanders training camp is a photo op for politicians. It's the Iowa State Fair all of a sudden for every politician <laughs> in the area. Can you imagine eight months ago, last year at training camp, you, you had to make sure you didn't inadvertently pass the training camp so someone might think you were going there if you were a politician. You couldn't be seen dead with the commander's administration. Here, they vie for the photo op. And Westmore and Aruna Miller... Uh, look, I was a, a, an ambassador for four years. I know when you do the photo op. I know when you, you show the town how much you love being there and the like. But then you're done. You get out. They genuinely had a fabulous time. Sure, they did a Runa Miller passing to Westmore for the touchdown with Westmore wearing his Chase Young jersey. But they love standing there and talking and being part of the vibe because the vibe was as exciting as it could be. That gave me a little bit of a problem because I met Westmore on the sideline there, and then I had to sheepishly make a concession. And I, when he ran for governor, there were really four candidates in the Democrat primary, and three were friends of mine, and I didn't know Westmore from anyone. So on my political talk show, weekly talk show, As I See It in Virginia, I had had Peter Franchot on the show, one of the contenders. I had had Doug Gansler on the show, one of the contenders. And I had had Tom Perez on the show, one of the contenders. And I had not had Westmore. I had not invited him on. So I sheepishly tell Westmore this. And he goes, oh, nobody invited me. No one thought I uh, could. But 
We can fix it right now. He was in such a joyous mood. He's coming on the show. So, Al, I'm going to go for a doubleheader. I'm going to ask him to do a guest appearance on the post-game gut check as well to give his views. It's joy out in out in um, in training camp. Now the problem is, if only Josh Harris or Mitch Rails or Magic Johnson or Mike Mark Ein could play offensive line, we'd feel better. <laughs> or if they could play linebacker. <laughs> but the, the the joy gets you so far. But everyone should recognize two things. I think about the season and the ownership. One, they can't have any input. They just took over. They can't have any input on the team on the field this year. We are in the hands of the injury gods. We're in the hands of Sam Howell and, and the Auras. Uh, we're in the, you know, the hands of that offensive line gelling. And so whether we start one and four or four and one, great ownership can't do anything about that. And for some of the longer term issues, the ownership knew when they came in that they could, they should focus hard on what they can handle and make a difference. FedEx was falling down. Nobody should have to attend the FedEx in that condition. So they went to improve the fan experience. Training camp was just a sorry dirt road with 200 people. They've made it a merriment experience. They're trying to fix the fan experience. And then they're going to build bottom up. So things like the stadium or long-term changes, either football or not, or not, I, I don't know. That's going to take, or the name, uh, whether they consider it or not, that's all going to take time. The expectations shouldn't exceed the ability, but on the things that they can control, just the change itself has changed it. But even so, the performance has changed it. Life, life is just when, when it's being looked at, recognizing that you are a custodian for fans who own this team um what follows is a product that's that's uh that makes fans proud much more with howard gutman in moments i'm gonna next ask him about the stadium situation and then oh yes the name (laughs) uh but as the ambassador just said a goal of the josh harris group is to put forth a commander's product that makes fans proud, just like turf center lawns will make you proud of your lawn. Uh, if you have a bad lawn, no worries. Turf center lawns can change that. Turf center lawns offers a variety of residential and commercial landscaping services. It is a local, multi generational family business serving Maryland, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. Turf center lawns offers lawn care programs that will make and keep your lawn lush and green. But turf center lawns is about more than just lawns. Uh, Turf Center Lawns is outstanding at handling water problems. Uh, Intense summer storms can cause water and drainage problems for your home or business. Turf Center Lawns offers affordable and effective grading-based drainage solutions to prevent flooding erosion, wet basements, and wet crawl spaces. Uh, Also, if you are a coach, an athletic director, a booster, know that Turf Center Lawns can create, improve, and or maintain athletic fields. Uh, Turf Center Lawns will give you and your team a professional natural grass athletic field. Uh, And Turf Center Lawns performs maintenance with a specializing in Bermuda grass fields. Uh, Turf Center Lawns, in fact, installed the original Bermuda grass fields at a number of major venues in the area, including the Commander's FedEx Field uh, when it opened as Jack Kent Cook Stadium in 1997. Also, Prince George's County Stadium, home of the Orioles AA affiliate, the Bowie Bay Sox, and Arthur W. Purdue Stadium, home of the Orioles Low A affiliate, 
the Delmarva Shorebirds. Uh, Turf Center Lawns also installs and rebuilds baseball and softball infields, batting cages, home putting greens, even bocce courts. If you have landscaping needs, drainage issues, or athletic field needs, contact Turf Center Lawns. Consultations and estimates are free. You have nothing to lose. Call 301-384-9300 or visit TurfCenterLawns.com. That's 301-384-9300 or TurfCenterLawns.com. And make sure that you tell Turf Center Lawns that Al Galdi sent you. Also, know this. When you hire Turf Center Lawns, your satisfaction is guaranteed. The Turf Center Lawns team is comprised of experts in their field. They share a deep commitment to exceeding customer expectations on every job, whether large or small. Call 301-384-9300 or visit TurfCenterLawns.com. That's 301-384-9300 or TurfCenterLawns.com. And make sure that you tell Turf Center Lawns that Al Galdi sent you. More now with the great Howard Gutman, uh, a longtime friend of and uh, strategic advisor for the top limited partner in the Josh Harris Group, Mitchell Rails. So you mentioned the frequency with which big time politicians have been attending commanders training camp practices. It really does seem like the team finally is getting what it always wanted with the stadium search, a three-way bidding war between Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. I'm not going to ask you which has the best shot of getting the new stadium because I know that you can't answer that. But do you think that it is realistic that sometime over the next, say, I don't know, six months, uh, there is a deal in place for a new stadium? I I wouldn't um, speak for anybody, but personally, just as an observer from listening to your shows and others, I just don't think... Um, that, that that timeline is realistic because here's a fascinating issue. There were three jurisdictions for which none wanted the Redskins and Dan Snyder had no choices, let alone no good choices. This team, when Wes Moore talks and you listen to him in front of the cameras, man, they should go to Maryland. And when Glenn Youngkin talks, and you listen to him before the cameras, man, they should go to Virginia. And when Muriel Bowser says RFK or, or Al Galdi does or some of the other sites uh, uh, near the soccer stadium or the like, man, they belong in D.C. This area and this ownership have um, riches because each of the areas in the DMV are fabulous answers for this team. And it's going to take time for the legislatures and the team, but you can see already it's not because they're delaying, because they announced two early hires. One hire was a CFO, again, not an insider, I'm not revealing anything inside, just as an observer. One was a CFO and the other was a leading expert on stadiums. Um, so they are obviously looking, but there is, the, the each of the, the jurisdictions had to change their focus from staying away from the team to running towards the team and figure out what works for them. And Josh Harris and Mitch Rails and Magic and Mark Ein and the ownership group had to change, bring in people who could deal with this, professionals who could deal with it. Again, the beauty of the ownership group now is they are not businessmen who run, ran businesses day to day. They are finance guys who bought businesses brought in the best people who knew that substantive area to run the business uh, and profited by bringing the best people in each area to run the businesses they bought. That was true of Apollo for Josh Harris, a fund that invests in businesses, 
and then watches them grow by helping them have the right people lead them. And that's true of Mitch Rails, his company Danaher rolled up businesses, brought in the best leadership to make them successful. They are used to doing that, so they know they can't pick the stadium and what makes most sense. They bring in the experts. Of course, they also explain the values, the importance of the fan view and the like, but they bring in the experts. That they're doing already. The ability of Maryland, Virginia, or D.C. to get their ducks in a row takes time. The ability of the ownership group to totally analyze it takes time. So I think they've already spoken by saying there need to be major investments in FedEx because of necessity the team has to play there for some period of time. Okay, the name issue, <laughs> everybody's favorite topic. I can't not ask you about the name issue. I know that you can't tell me whether the Josh Harris group is leaning toward changing the name of the team. Heck, the group truly may not know whether it wants to change the name of the team. And so I'll ask you about the issue this way. What will be the determining factors for whether the Harris group changes the name of the team? The What's best for the franchise and its fan base. Because that's the determinant. These guys genuinely understand they are in their 60s. They have gotten a time, their most revered, um, their most revered um, memory, their most revered institution. There's not been a baseball tradition here. I grew up, when I moved to D.C., I was watching the Orioles. I still listen to Galdi to find out how the Orioles are doing, but I'm a Nats fan. I grew up a Mets fan. There's no treasure there. Joe Gibbs was all our treasure. That history was all our treasure. Them, Mitch and Steve and Josh, his brother, taking the, the bus, being dropped off by Norman Rails and taking the bus to go to FedEx, that's the treasure, uh, to RFK, that's the treasure. And they understand that treasure will go on long after they are in ownership. Um, and they are going to do what's best for this, for the, for the, the um, institution of the football team and its fan base as custodians. They're not going to make stupid business decisions, but will it come down to the last nickel? Absolutely not. Will it come down to the lasting nickel for us all? Absolutely yes. And that takes time. Do you think that there's any chance that the team goes back to the name Redskins? Everything I've learned about that issue, I have learned from Al Galdi and Naga. So you tell me. You, you said yesterday, I think you said yesterday that you were up to 10% or something. Less than so less than 10%. Less than 10%. So my, my answer was, I I have a commentator friend who I really believe in named Al Galdi, and he thinks it's up to less than 10%. So there's my answer to you. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, man, the name issue has caught fire, as you know. And look, part of why is what happened at the press conference for the Josh Harris Group at FedEx Field on July 21st, the top three members of the group, Josh Harris, Mitchell Rails, and Magic Johnson, each saying the word Redskins. You gotta remember, Al, that, that's a difference. And the, and the club put out a statement, which is, we will never, never forget our legacy. Whatever the name is going forward, we will never forget the joy of uh, of the Redskins, of the Gary Clark, or of the Hogs, or the like, and they were Redskins. You can't make the Hogs commanders. But if the name had to change um, because of social reasons, I have zero vote one way or the other. I have zero influence one way or the other. We'll have a proud future as well with whatever name, but we'll never forget the importance when we were the Redskins, and you never should. Understood. 
Uh, I did want to get your take on the Mary Jo White report. I still laugh <laughs> at what went down on July 20th. The NFL on late Thursday afternoon, July 20th, moments after announcing that NFL owners had voted unanimously to approve the sale of the commanders from the Snyders to the Josh Harris group, released the long-anticipated Mary Jo White report and a summary statement regarding the report. This was, of course, the ultimate example of a news dump, okay? Uh, The report vindicated the allegations of two former Skins employees in Tiffany Johnston and Jason Friedman, and the summary statement announced that Dan Snyder would, quote, pay $60 million to the league in resolution of Miss White's findings and all outstanding matters, end quote. I want to leave this open-ended so that you, with your law expertise, can take the topic wherever you want. What were your principal takeaways from the Mary Jo White report and the $60 million penalty? So I would have expected nothing less. The Harvard Law School class of 1980 had 560 graduates. Mark Warner, probably the senator from Virginia, probably remains our most famous But another Harvard Law School graduate buddy of mine since 1980 is Jeff Pash, the general counsel of the NFL. Um, And Jeff pulled off, you know, just the the most magical orchestra piece you could ever do there. Um, So um, really, uh, if you read the Mary Jo White report, the only thing we learned is how Mary Jo White interpreted the same facts we've decided a long time ago, whether whether Dan touched a knee or not, or pushed the back. There was no new evidence of any of that. And really, the financial wrongdoing, they couldn't really figure out who knew what. So finally, Mary Jo White just said, well, I'm not sure exactly, but Dan Snyder was the guy at the top, so he's responsible for it. That's enough. No one ever said Dan Snyder ever told anyone to cheat the NFL or that he said she said on the knee. But Mary Jo White believes Tiffany Johnson as opposed to Dan Snyder. We got nothing new on any of that, but it had to be closed out. Dan had a horrendous record. He got off that the first time with best report in a way that nobody felt right about. The NFL didn't feel right. The owners didn't feel right. The city didn't feel right. Um, it was time to close the chapter. But how are you going to close the chapter uh, without this extending its life? And how are you ever going to get Dan Snyder? to actually pay you a real fine? Well, you mix it all in with, let's see, you got $6 billion. It could be held up for as long as we want, or you pay us the $60 million. It all got wrapped up. Yesterday got closed as it should have been. We were all tired of it. No one wanted to hear my appearances. They'd rather hear my appearances on the substance of the game with my son who knows it than any more about politics and the Republicans and the Democrats Dan paid his fine, took the rest of his money. Um, There was a sense of vindication for very serious victims. No matter if Dan touched a particular knee or not, the atmosphere had been wrong. And we could all turn to the future. It was planned right, wrapped up right, uh, and we can look totally at the days ahead. Last one for you regarding the days ahead and preparing you for your new assignment as a Commanders postgame show host. What are you thinking about the 2023 Commanders on the field? Are you bullish? Uh, Do you have concerns? What is the general Howard Gutman outlook on the Commanders for this coming season? So when I went to the 2022 training camp, not this year, but even last year, there was a pass that flew out of someone's hands. And, you know, the three quarterbacks kind of stand in a row 
and you from the sidelines in that 200 people on the dirt road back then in that year, you can't always see who threw it. But whoever threw it, all of a sudden a dart left someone's hand. And so I kind of tracked down, and it was Sam Howell. And I thought, you know, this guy could have it. The question is, um, you can have a gun for an arm, but if you can't read, if you can't, if you get, you know, um, uh, deer in the headlight eyes when someone comes in and you don't know how to get your second read or turn around and roll out and create time in the pocket, it doesn't work. So that's, we watch Carson Wentz do that. My question was, does Howell have that those kind of instincts? I believed in the last game of last season he showed it. I believe he showed it in the first exhibition game. I believe he showed it in yesterday's practice. If he has it, then if the we have we know we have the skill players out, right? The the skill players I think we have a fine set and we have an undervalued set even better because uh it's it's so much better when they don't get up for you, but try to cover Jahan Dotson when you've got two guys on Terry, good luck. Um, so I think we've got that. So the only thing it comes down to is to me is two things. Do we have a line that can protect him that can open the holes? Um, we didn't face Cleveland's number one defense. You know, they had a lot of guys down. Um, do we have a line that can hold the juries out? I heard the Charles look good yesterday. Those were music to my ears. Um, the question is the line. And ever since I saw John Bostic bless his heart, um, remember when he could run a step faster, but take about three minutes to start the legs turning if someone crossed over the middle. I've been looking for a linebacker solution. Do we have that linebacker solution? The jury was out last week in the opening defense. If we had the answer to those two questions and to the injury question, I think we would know um, whether we're going to be singing hail to someone this year or saying, well, this is the whole past year. Let's let new ownership figure this out. It is going to be a fascinating season for our football team. Uh, As you just alluded to, we this coming January could have a massive change for the team. But we this coming January also could have the team in the playoffs. I think that uh, each scenario is a distinct possibility. Howard Gutman, uh, Ambassador, thank you so much for your time and all the best. I'll keep up the great work. I love waiting until 6 o'clock for the pod to drop. Howard Gutman, tremendous insight, tremendous perspective uh, on the Josh Harris Group. If you enjoyed The Ambassador, uh, please consider rating and reviewing this podcast. Uh, You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review does not have to be long, can be just a sentence or two. But the ratings and the reviews do help us out a lot. So thank you very much for doing them. Uh, Hey, being a fan of Washington, D.C. area teams is uh, stressful enough. (laughs) Buying tickets to games for our teams should not be stressful. And when it comes to buying tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater, the way to go is with the GameTime app. Yes, the GameTime app. GameTime offers great deals on last-minute tickets and has a best price guarantee, so you no longer have to worry if you're truly going about getting tickets in the best possible way. Uh, The game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price, and if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% 
of the difference. What's also great about game time is how easy it makes searching for tickets. You can search by team, venue, or artist. I was just on game time looking at tickets for Commander's Games this coming season. A lot of good deals. And the seating chart next to the listed tickets made figuring out what exactly I'd be getting easy. Uh, Game time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country. Game time is the app for last minute ticket deals. You don't have to plan months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Game time also offers flash deals on tickets and Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Get the tickets without the stress with a Game Time, which is offering a special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Here's what you do. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use this promo code, Al Galdi. You use that promo code, Al Galdi, you get $20 off your first purchase. Uh, terms do apply, but download the Game Time app, create that account, and use the promo code, Al Galdi for $20 off your first purchase. What time is it? It's game time. (laughs) Download the Game Time app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, the Nationals have matched their win total for all of the 2022 regular season and still have 40 games left in the 2023 regular season. If that right there is not a sign of progress, I don't know what is. I'm proud of the boys. That's right. Nets manager Davey Martinez, the boys, uh, the Nets outslugged the Boston Red Sox 10-7 at Nationals Park on Thursday to win two of three games in the series. And that's now our 55-67, and this off going a major league worst 55-107 and in the 2022 regular season. Additionally, the Nats now are 17-9 and over their last 26 games. So you take a step back. The Nats have matched their win total for all of the 2022 regular season. Still have 40 games left in the 2023 regular season. Uh, the Nats per MLB pipeline have the number eight farm system in baseball and have two of the top seven prospects in baseball. And outfielders Dylan Cruz, who is the number four prospect in baseball, and James Wood, who is the number seven prospect in baseball. The Nats rebuild is working. 
Now, there still is a lot to be determined, uh, including whether the things that got the Nats in this position to have to rebuild in the first place, bad drafting and bad player development have been fixed. But if you are a Nats fan, I don't know how you right now don't feel a lot better about the team as compared to just, say, four months ago. Uh, This was Davey Martinez during his postgame press conference on Thursday evening. I love what I'm seeing. I love the the way these guys are playing. I love the way our young guys have stepped up. Um, Our pitching, our starting pitching has given us a chance, you know, uh, to to win some games. And our bullpen has been really, really good, you know. Um, So, you know, I'm proud of these guys. And uh, they keep going out there and they keep playing hard and and, uh, good things are happening. Yes, they are. A tremendous hitting by the Nats in this 10-7 win over the Red Sox on Thursday. The Nats scored 10 runs, including five runs in the bottom of the fifth and three runs in the bottom of the sixth. The Nats totaled 10 hits, which were comprised of five doubles and five singles. The Nats worked five walks. The Nats went seven for 18 with runners in scoring position. Uh, five Nats in particular stood out in terms of hitting. Uh, K. Bert Ruiz, his uh, torrid August continues. He on Thursday as the Nats starting DH and number three batter got on base five times. He went three for three with a double, two singles, a walk, and a hit by pitch. K. Baird in the bottom of the first had a two-out double to left field. K. Baird in the bottom of the third drew a one-out hit by pitch. K. Baird in the Nats five-run fifth had a one-out full-count single on a grounder into shallow right field. K. Baird in the Nats three-run six had a one-out single into left field. And K. Baird in the Nats one-run eighth drew a two-out intentional walk. K. Baird Ruiz now has the following slash line for this month of August. A batting average of 370. An on-base percentage of 460, a slugging percentage of 667. Outstanding. Uh, K. Baird as the Nats starting DH on Thursday meant that Riley Adams was the Nats starting catcher. Uh, He also was their number five batter, and he again played well in his limited playing time. Uh, He went two for five with a double and a two-run single. Uh, Adams in the bottom of the second had a leadoff opposite field double off the right field wall, and Adams in the Nats five-run fifth had a one-out two-run single to left field for a 6-1 Nats lead. Riley Adams in this 2023 regular season, just 122 plate appearances, but an OPS of 927. Every time this guy plays, he hits. Uh, I mentioned K. Bert Ruiz having a great August. Stone Garrett is having a great August. He on Thursday as an ad starting left fielder and number four batter went two for four with an RBI double, an RBI single, and an RBI sack fly. Garrett in that Nats five-run fifth, had a one-out RBI double to left center field for a 4-1 Nats lead. Garrett in the Nats three-run six, had a one-out RBI sack fly for a 9-1 Nats lead. And Garrett in the Nats one-run eighth, had a two-out opposite field RBI single to right field for a 10-7 Nats lead. Uh, Stone Garrett now has the following slash line for this month of August. Batting average of 353, on base percentage of 415, slugging percentage of 647. Uh, Joey Manessis, he on Thursday as the Nats starting first baseman and number two batter went two for five with two one-out, two-run doubles to the left center field gap. Manessis in the Nats five-run fifth had a one-out, two-run double to the left center field gap for a 3-1 Nats lead. And Manessis in the Nats three-run six had a one-out, two-run double to the left center field gap on an 0-2 pitch for an 8-1 Nats lead. And then there's Jeter Downs. He's not playing often, but he over his last two games now has been impactful. Uh, Downs on Thursday was the Nats starting shortstop and number nine batter. He went one for one with a single, two walks, and a stolen base. Uh, And Downs in the Nats' one-run third uh, was an igniter. Uh, He had a leadoff walk, 
despite having been down in the count at 1.12. He then stole second base, and he on the steal advanced to third base on a throwing error by Red Sox catcher Connor Wong, and then down scored on a one-out fielding error by Red Sox third baseman Rafael Devers. What was funny was that Downs, shortly before stealing second base, was nearly picked off at first base uh, on a back pick attempt by Connor Wong. Uh, Downs in that Nats five-run fifth drew a walk, and Downs in the Nats three-run sixth had a one-out full-count single through the left side of the infield. As you may recall, Jeter Downs in the Nats 8-7 walk-off win over the Major League Worst Oakland A's at Nationals Park this past Sunday afternoon came off the bench and came through not once but twice in the Nats' six-run ninth. He drew a leadoff six-pitch walk and then later in the inning uh, had a walk-off, two-out full-count RBI single to left center field for the 8-7 Nats win. Downs came into the game due to C.J. Abrams having back spasms. Uh, the Nats starting pitcher in this uh, 10-7 win over the Red Sox on Thursday was Patrick Corbin, and he was good. Actually, very good. Uh, Corbin allowed one run in six innings with six strikeouts versus no walks. He gave up just four hits, a solo homer, and three singles. He threw 96 pitches, 59 strikes versus 37 balls. Man, Corbin this season has been like all over the place in terms of results. He at times has been really bad, but he at times has been really good. He has been better than he was the last two seasons. Now, that's not saying much, okay? But Corbin, for this regular season now, 25 starts, ERA of 471, a whip of 147. Those numbers are not good, okay? Let me make that clear. But consider this, Corbin, for the 2022 regular season, had an ERA of 631 and a whip of 170. Those stats would have been the worst among qualified pitchers in the majors, but he didn't qualify uh, for those leaderboards because he threw too few innings. Uh, Corbin, for the 2021 regular season, had an ERA of 582, uh, which was the worst ERA among qualified pitchers in the majors. Uh, And Corbin, for the 2021 regular season, had a whip of 147, which was the second worst whip among qualified pitchers in the majors. Uh, The negative for the Nats on Thursday was reliever Robert Garcia. Uh, He was a disaster in the top of the seventh. He allowed six runs in two-thirds of an inning. He faced eight batters, but got just two outs. He gave up a two-out grand slam by the Red Sox's number nine batter, Luis Arias, to center field to cut the Nats' lead to 9-5. And Garcia gave up a two-out first pitch, two-run homer by Rafael Devers to the second deck in right field, to cut the Nats' lead to 9-7. That homer went a projected 453 feet per stat cast. So the Nats went from leading 9-1 to leading 9-7. This game became too close for comfort, uh, but the three other relievers who the Nats used in the game uh, did end up getting the job done. Andres Machado faced one batter, got one out, uh, which was a swinging strikeout of Trevor Story that uh, mercifully ended the Red Sox's six-run seventh. Hunter Harvey tossed a scoreless top of the eighth, and Kyle Finnegan tossed a scoreless top of the ninth for the save, despite giving up a leadoff single uh, and then giving up a double. But it was a shame that in a game in which the Nats were up 9-1, Davey Martinez did have to burn his top two relievers in Hunter Harvey and Kyle Finnegan. But the Nats did win. Uh, they improved a 5-1 on their ongoing homestand. Uh, some more from Davey during his postgame press conference on Thursday evening. Yeah, you look, you know, it's funny because we preach, I preach all the time about doing the things, keeping things simple, doing the little things, um, which consists of the, the base running, the throwing strikes, uh, getting outs, you know, playing good defense. Um, 
and it's come to fruition. So um, when you can do those things, then you know you have a chance to win, you know, consistently. And, and we've been doing it for the last month. Or so so it's been a lot of fun. These guys are stepping up. Um, I can't say enough about what Patrick did today. Our bullpen was really short. Um, so he comes out today and throws, gives us six innings, and, and we hit the baseball. Um, Joey, all of them, uh, Garrett, uh, they all swung the bats really well. So uh, you know to, to beat those guys two out of three games, um, that's pretty awesome. Yes, it is. Uh, the Red Sox are a pretty good team. Uh, next up for the Nats, a really unique three-game series against the Philadelphia Phillies. Game one will take place at Nationals Park on Friday night, beginning at 7.05. Yohan Adone will be the Nats' starting pitcher. Game two will take place at Nationals Park on Saturday afternoon, beginning at 4.05. Jake Irvin will be the Nats' starting pitcher. But game three will take place at Muncie Bank Ballpark at historic Bowman Field in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, as the game will be the 2023 MLB Little League Classic. Uh, the game will be on ESPN and is a Sunday nighter. Uh, first pitch at 7:10. Trevor Williams will be the Nats starting pitcher. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Monday show, episode 638. We'll have a lot for you on the commanders as we will prepare ourselves mentally, physically, spiritually for the team's second game of the 2023 preseason, home to the Baltimore Ravens, Monday night at 8. Also on Monday show, we'll talk Nationals and Orioles. And that's this weekend. Have a three-game series against the Philadelphia Phillies. The first two games will be at Nationals Park. The third game will be in Williamsport, Pennsylvania in the 2023 MLB Little League Classic. The O's this weekend have a three-game series at the Major League Worst Oakland A's. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. He's super smart. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.